0: Lord, for you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son. All we have to do is believe in Him, and we will not perish. We will have eternal life. We thank you, Lord, that you made it so simple. So help the church not to make it hard, make it so simple that they too can come to Christ, receive the precious gift that you gave of your son that we celebrate on Christmas Day. We thank you for Jesus, Lord. Who knows where we would be without him in our lives. He changed us. He made us new. We were born again, not of flesh, but of spirit, the Holy Spirit. And we thank you and praise you, Lord. For Father, we want the whole world to know. We want the gospel to get out there. We want to support the missionaries, the evangelists, Lord, even the one-on-ones in this church and every church. Get out there and tell everybody about Jesus and the wonderful gift you have for us, Lord. Even while we were yet sinning against you, you gave us your only begotten Son and demonstrated. You didn't just talk. You said it, and you did it. Let us not, your word says, and we're going to even be there tonight. Your word says, let us not, no, let us not love by word or truth, word or deed, but in deed and truth, Lord. So we give it over to you. Let us love our brothers as ourselves. And to you be the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Matt, thank you so much. It was great. For everybody out there that just tuned in on the internet, we're Freedom Church of the Palm Beaches. We're in Lantana, Florida, just a quarter mile west of I-95 on High Paluxo Road. And uh, we're not far on the north side of the road, so if you're local, come on in and see us. Uh, We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m., Thursday nights at 7.15. We're on air on Sunday at at, uh, 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 7. Fifteen, but next Thursday, this Thursday coming, we will not be here. We're going to cancel that service. And uh, Christmas Eve is Friday, and our actual Christmas service will be on Sunday. Will be on Sunday, so we're going to have two Christmas messages right in a row. I'm going to break off from our expositional study in Matthew, which we spent already four weeks in the chapter eight, and we got another week to go and we should be out of Matthew chapter 8 but we're jumping into that. Matthew chapter 9. We're going to see more miracles that Jesus identifies who he is by these miracles in chapter 9 and a little bit in chapter 10. So it's beautiful. So tune in, you know, even after after the holidays are over. Um you tune into Freedom Church. Our website is freedomchurch.pb stands for Palm Beach.org freedomchurchpb.org you can go online you can tune into our services there's a countdown to our services sunday 10 a.m 7 15 on on thursdays and uh you can check us out what we believe in who we are where we're located you can even donate online just go to the, the give button you can listen to sermons from from years back and um it's it's a uh, Probably not the best sight you ever saw, but it's a glorious sight to God that we've ever had, and we thank you for that. Um, we thank the Lord for that. Uh, let's see. I want to remind the men, if you're local, every Saturday at 9 a.m., uh, we will will be here. Of course, this Saturday is Christmas, and we're not going to be here, but, you know, down the road, Saturday is Christmas, right? It's coming Saturday. That's Christmas. Oh, it's the next Saturday? How did I get that confused? (laughs) Okay. Sorry about that. So anyway, we we are meeting next Saturday. to men, 9 A.M., 2810 High Paluxo Road, Lantana, Florida, quarter mile west of I-95 on High Paluxo Road, on the north side of the road. We're glad you're you will know, you be great if you come. We have a great group of guys. Actually, this coming Saturday, there's a a, a pastor from another church going to speak. You know, at uh, at it, it's more like a Bible study. Um, so y- that's good. We have people from other churches even coming here for the Saturday men's group, and it's really good. So we thank thank the Lord for everything. Let's see. That's about it. If You, you can give online and everything else. But listen, we're going to jump into our Bible study tonight. I hope I didn't confuse you all. Um, you should have been here the first time I said that, beginning of the night when we began this service. It was all together. <laughs> Listen, I got a Bible here. I got two Bibles here. This is a um, a New King James, and this is a Christian Standard Bible. Um, it's a Charles Spurgeon study Bible, and I'm going to read some verses out of there tonight. You know, uh, I, I like the way it reads, and I love Spurgeon, and I know a lot of you are fans of Charles Spurgeon yourself. But tonight, I'm going to jump into not a Christmas message, we're going to have a Christmas message on Sunday, um, but I'm going to jump into First John chapter 4, you know, I was just at home, I was just <laughs> writing things down and things popped into my head and I just start writing and writing and writing and, and I said, John chapter, first, John chapter 4, and I'm thinking like, why don't I start at first, you know, I'm a, I'm an expositional teacher, so I'm thinking, why not 1 John chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4. But as I got into it, the Lord kept saying, 1 John chapter 4, start at verse 7. And, and we probably get to about four verses tonight. But, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to call this loving your brother. This is something that, that the church needs to hear today. Because the church is wounding its own fellow soldiers with their lips. And, uh, and we can't do that. You know, Amos 3.3 is a common verse that everybody uses. And that verse is, how can two walk together unless they agree? Well, the Christian churches have their foundation in Jesus Christ. And we do agree. Do you understand that? We do agree. We agree on the most, what can I say, foundational point that Christ came, he died, he's buried, and he is risen according to the scriptures, the third day. This is the foundational truth. That's the foundation. So this preacher over here is preaching uh, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this person over here, don't think the gifts are for today. We are still brothers, and we are told not to, to knock our brothers down. We're told to love our brothers. So those people that go around doing that, we're brothers. We are walking together in agreement that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he came again. He died he is buried and he was risen a third day according to the scriptures and that is that is 1st Corinthians chapter 15 verse 3 that's simple foundation quit cutting each other down somebody's wrong maybe you're wrong maybe i'm wrong listen but here's the truth it doesn't make a bit of difference when you draw your last breath What counts is that you loved your brother and you believed the Word of God. Some people, I always kid around with people, I I believe in a pre-tribulation. A lot of people believe in a mid-tribulation. Other churches believe in a post-tribulation or or at the end of the rapture, you know, after the, when the Lord comes back, at the second advent. All I can say is when when the rapture comes, and we're out of here, and it's pre-trib, you're going to be saying, Pastor Joe, I'm glad you're right, because you don't want to be here when the tribulation, the great tribulation comes. Believe me, we've taught through Revelation already, and you do not want to be here. So you think COVID was something? If you're here during the uh, the tribulation, it is nothing, absolutely nothing, compared to the great tribulation. So, this is called loving your brother 1 John chapter 4 verses 7 through 11 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 through 11 I'm going to read from the Christian study Christian Standard Bible chapter 4 verse 7 through 11 Dear friends let us love one another because love is from God And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his son and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we ought also to love one another. Now you know what I was talking about when I opened up, didn't you? I'm going to read that from the New King James. I hope this isn't the most Bible study, Bible reading you have done this week. Because you need to speed it up a little bit and get really dig into the the word of God especially in these last days and I believe we are in the last days I'm not saying I don't know when Christ is coming back you know what and he he definitely don't want us to know because you're going to be batty 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 until you see the day coming and you're going to be good 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 because we love to abuse grace first Galatians 5 13 you know look at up Here's 1 John chapter 4, reading from the New King James Version, 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son, into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have, we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So you notice the biggest difference between those two translations is the Christian Standard Version says the atoning sacrifice, that Christ might become the atoning sacrifice. And that's what propitiation means. He was the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins. So, love is of God, as you well know. You knew that before I got up here. But this is why I started out that we need to love our brother. We need to love our brothers. Just because, you know, you don't agree with certain teachings of them, the foundational truth is there. Foundational truth, again, being that Christ came, he died, he buried, and he is risen the third day according to the Scriptures. So when, when Amos was talking in 3.3, you know, how can two walk together unless they agree? We do agree. Look at some of the pra- pra- churches that people call Cults, And I'm not looking at the direct uh, cults that you know of, the Jehovah Witness, the Mormons, and stuff like that. I'm talking about, you know, the, the denominations today, say the Catholics, the Presbyterians, the Protestants, the Methodists, the Lutherans, you know, the, the Pentecostals. I'm talking about them today. We all agree on that point. That's their foundation. Maybe the people within the church do not agree. I mean, maybe they don't even know that. They just go to church. But the foundation, we are, we do agree. That Amos 3.3 is taken out of context all the time, all the time. And what it does is, is one brother begins to slander the other brother. And meanwhile, that's his brother. You, We are in the army of the Lord, and I'm going to get into that a little bit. This is an army. God has an army on earth, and we had an army. And an army has the communication process. Uh, uh, people it has the infantry people it has the artillery people it has the the air support you know we, we it has the the weapon support you know it has supply clerks you know and and the army works together we're supposed to work together for one goal that's to win people over to Christ and make them our his disciples make him his disciples so here it is. I want to say this again, you're this this uh this teaching is loving your brother first John four seven beloved, let us love one another for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God okay God and and knows God and is born of God and know God first of all you have to know that the word love he used in john's 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John is the word agape. Okay, it's not eros. It's not phileo. It's not storge. It is agape, which you know by being a Christian for a while is unconditional love. It is a supernatural love that men cannot have unless they know God. That's what it says here. You know, everyone who loves Agape loves, is born of God, and knows God. I'm going to get into that word, uh, know, so- soon. In Greek, it's called gnosko. Love, in this section, is always agape, okay? Because the world, for most world, when you, in America, if you say love, somebody thinks you're it's really eros, for the most part. You know, sexual love, or neurotic love. The Holy Spirit puts this kind of love in our heart, the agape love when we become the Christian, because God is love now you you not only know love, you know the author of love he's the author and the finisher of our faith, as you well know. the Holy Spirit puts this kind of love into our hearts our you know what if you were when you were not saved, you loved your spouse, but after you Know God, who is the author of love, you love your spouse a lot deeper than you could ever love them, you know, without God being part of your life because He lives in you and He is the author of love. Only the Holy Spirit can make this kind of love real to us if you don't have the Holy Spirit in your life, it is partially impossible to have agape love because God is love, and if you don't have God then you can't have the agape love, which is unconditional, unpretentious, supernatural. It's a spiritual love that goes way beyond the love for your puppy dog or the love for your brother or even the love for your spouse erotically. It's agape, unconditional, supernatural there's two reasons why we should love one another written here. Because God is love is number one. Because God is love. Number two, if you love, you have been born of God. That means you've been born again. Did you know that? You know what, what um, Peter says. He says, well, Jesus says to, and it's not Peter, what Jesus says to Nicodemus. He says, you must be born again. Or you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus was all upset. How can I be born again? Nicodemus most likely was an old man. His mother probably was already gone. He said, "How can I enter back into my mother's womb? It's impossible." See, he didn't get it. He was the. Actually, Jesus called him the teacher in Israel, not a teacher in Israel. That means he was a, the teacher, the main teacher in Israel. And Jesus said, "You, being a teacher, don't know this." He missed it. He missed it completely because he did not have the Holy Spirit. You remember David, the Holy Spirit came upon him. You know, Samson, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and he slayed so many Philistines. He was so strong. The Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit came upon, upon um, Nathan, who rebuked David for his sin against Bathsheba. Nathan had the Holy Spirit. But in the Old Testament, for the most part, the Holy Spirit would come upon them and for a certain thing and certain for them to do a certain thing and then he would leave, okay, but now we have the Holy Spirit continually because if you accepted the gift of Christ, now the Holy Spirit lives in you because the Spirit of Christ the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ, and he is holy, okay, so if you If you love, you have truly been born of God. If you agape love, you have truly been born of God. In other words, God right here is calling us in this first, the seventh verse of 1 John 4. He's calling us to love. We are actually called to love. That means your brother, quit cutting down your brother. Listen, I'm a Vietnam vet. I've... In my unit, a hundred feet away from me, one of our guys shot the other guy and killed him. We, we're in the same army. He grabbed an M-16, shot his brother, and killed him. Listen, if the Vietnamese, if the NBA or the Viet Cong would have attacked that night, we were in Sharang Valley, if Viet Cong would have attacked that night, we would have been one guy short, and that guy may have been the one who saved your life. You don't shoot your brother. We're all believers. This is foundational truth. And brothers get so wrapped up in one another and how to get them. They're, um, you know, I'm right, they're wrong. You know what that is? That's pride. That's pride, as far as I'm concerned. It's pride. He's be- you're better than him. Your opinion is better than him. When both of you can back it up scripturally. If both of you can back it up scripturally, that means it's a gray area. Stay away from it because your brothers. Don't get so mad at your brother you begin to shoot him. Like I said, I have saw that in experience in Vietnam. You don't shoot your brother. John writes in John 13, 34, and 35, and this is a foundational scripture that you should know. When Jesus came, he says, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, that you love one another. For by this, listen, by loving your brother, by this all men will know that you are Christ's disciples. So if if the Christian church fights, oh, let's uh, not say Christian, say the Baptist church fights against the Methodist church, and the Methodist and the Baptist fight against the Catholic church, then we're not showing love to the world, are we? We're showing hate and pride to the world. Jesus said to love one another as I have loved you. By this, I've shortened this verse, by this all men, that means the lost people out here, will know, and even the saved people will know that you're the disciple of Christ. You know what? I was on the phone with... uh, comcast this week because our system's all messed up and we got a higher system coming now but when i got onto the phone with this one person this lady her name was tiffany and and as soon as she got on the phone when i told her that we were a christian church i could tell her voice changed it was like i'm a god-fearing woman i want to help you out you know why because she recognized the brother and she was going to be nice and love on her brother so we had to get uh confirm an appointment. So I got on the phone this morning and Liz was with me and we, we we called this guy and and we told him, you know, we we wanted this and we wanted that and this was what we ordered, and and he says uh, he said to us when he found out we were at church, he says, I'm a God fearing man. I'm not gonna take advantage of you. And I'm there like, Praise God. See, he recognized that even though we're a small church, he recognized that we're believers in Jesus, and he was a God-fearing man. So it ended up that he's knocking $100 off of our bill, our sign-up bill, or giving us some money back from other things that we had. Listen, you know what that is? That's love. I could tell both of them, both of those people, Tiffany and this guy was named Gene, and I could tell both of them were Christians, or at least they thought they were Christians. I don't know their heart, but I'm just telling you, love one another. Quit slandering your brother that's a Catholic or a Protestant or a Presbyterian. Or what if this guy's teaching, um, you know, our gifts of the Holy Spirit? He believes there are apostles today. When the other guy don't, so what? It doesn't matter to you. If God called that apostle, then he's an apostle, and you know what? He's doing work that you maybe are not doing. God would call on him to do whatever God called him to do. He has given him a special gift, and you a special gift also. So, basic in this first verse, you should know that God is the source of love. God is the source of agape love. I wish... I wish the Bible would interpret things, you know, would, when it talks about love, it would say phileo, you know, it would say, you know, agape, or it would say eros, I wish it would say that, but the English language isn't that good, what can I say? My wife speaks in Spanish, a lot of you speak in Spanish here, and, uh, you know, everybody tells me Spanish is a more flowery language, well, Greek is also, like I told you, there's agape. There's Phileo, there's, there's uh, eros, and there's storge. That's four words for love that's in Greek that Americans just have love. So what does that do? That means that, sh- that makes the go- gospel shallow unless you dig in and find out what word God is using. So I'm here to tell you, the first John, John is talking about, Agape, unconditional love. Supernatural love that you cannot have if you do not have God in your life, the Holy Spirit in your life, who is the Spirit of Christ. We love others because we are first loved. That's, well, we are loved by God. We love others because we're loved by God. I know when I got saved 40-some years ago, listen, my love grew. My love grew, and my my dislike, you know, grew for hatred for things that i was doing like alcohol and cigarettes and taking the lord's name in vain. Let me read you 1 John 2. Stand first John just a little bit to your left. 1 John 2 verse 9 through 11. The one who says he is in the light but hates his brother or sisters is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother or sister remains in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother or sister is in the darkness, walks in the darkness, and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. You know, these people on the radio and TV that cut one another down, they cut their brother down. You know what I call them? I call them brother haters. They actually hate their brother because he has a different view on, on, say, the gifts of the Holy Spirit than another person does, or or water baptism, or baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because he's still your brother, and you're to love your brother. And you, this verse tells you that if you do that, you're walking, you're you're walking outside the light because you're blinded. So these people that are doing that, they're brother haters, and I'm not going to mention names. I could name them, I don't want to name them. i I hope they're listening so they get the message. You can't hate your brother, otherwise you don't have agape love. You may not even be a believer if you don't have love for your brother. Somebody's wrong, the other one's right. And you know what? It's a, it, most of them are gray areas that I know of. And quit, quit fighting over it. We're in a war. We battle against our struggles, not against flesh and blood, right? Is that what that verse says? First Ephesians six twelve: Our struggles not against flesh and blood. So why are you cutting down your brother? But against spiritual forces of wickedness and heavenly places. There's more to that verse, and we're going to get to there tonight. I'm going to say that. I'll get there. Anyway, stay in 1 John chapter 3. Go to verse 10, and I'm going to read to the 18th verse. This is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. Do you see that? This is how God's children and the devil's children become obvious. Love. Agape love. Whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brothers or sister, for this is the message you have heard from the beginning. Remember Jesus, someone asked Jesus, what are the two, the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might and all your strength, mind and all your strength. And he said the second one was like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say if your neighbor was an unbeliever. No, you don't need to love him. No, he said to love your neighbor, whether he's an unbeliever or a believer, love your neighbor as yourself. And you wouldn't go punching yourself in the face or shooting yourself in the foot, so why are you shooting your brother in the foot? We should love one another, unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers and sisters. And one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has, the, has this world's good and sees a fellow believer in need, but withholds compassion from him, how does God... Love reside in him. How does God's love reside in him? Little children, here's the verse I tried to quote before, messed it up a little bit. Little children, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. Don't just say it, do it. That's what that's saying. Don't just love by word and tongue, but in deed and truth. Prove it by the way, way you act. Quit shooting your brother in the foot just because he's of another Christian denomination. We're in this together. Every army, like I said, that God needs that church, you know, that has, has country music or for country worship music. And God loves the Christian church that has jazz music. And God loves the Christian church that has contemporary Christian music. You know, God loves, God will be worshiped, and whatever church you feel comfortable in, then you go, The most people go there because they like that particular style. That doesn't mean that he's not saved and you should not love him because he goes to another church. Love is given to us when we are born of God. That's what verse 7 is saying. Still, God, God makes a bold statement here in the last part of, cha- of verse 7. John's bold statement is, He who does not love does not know God. He who does not have agape love does not know God. You know that perfect love casts out fear, don't you? That's Scripture, too. Perfect love, perfect agape love will cast out fear. That means you love so God so much that if somebody tries to shoot you, you don't care. You, you know, you, you love God. You, you know, he's first, no matter what. The Greek here is known as gnosko, gnoski. it could even be. Which means knowledge by experience. The word no here, gnosko, means knowledge by experience. You know, for all of you that have been Christians a while, you have learned the love of God by experiencing it. You've experienced that Christ demonstrated his love towards you and that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Therefore, when we really experience God, it will show by our love for our brother, not shooting them in the foot. Or what brother haters. Pulling out things on him instead of capitalizing on what we do believe in, which is I've told you, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, I have a message, this is Paul, I have a message of first importance, how many importance, first importance, that Christ died, Christ was buried, according to the scriptures, and Christ is risen, according to the scriptures. That's the foundation, that is the f- message of first importance, not the this and that. God wants you to be a disciple. He wants you to dig into everything that he has, but he, just, he wants wishes that none of you would perish and all of you would come to repentance. None of you. That's his first priority. Once you become a Christian by receiving Christ as your Savior, then, then it's time to grow. It's time to grow up. Listen, if you're 23 years old and the Lord and you're still sucking on a binky, you haven't grown. If you're 22 years old in the Lord and, and you have grown in the Scriptures to the point where you're teaching others and loving on others you know, unconditionally and using the gifts that God gave you, then, then you are growing. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians today, they're satisfied with milk. Like Paul had to rebuke the Corinthian church. He said, by now, you ought to be on solid food, but I can't even give you milk to drink. You're so shallow. You just, you know, you're, you're no spirituality at all in your life. You need to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm only on page two of 18 pages here at church. Your love may not be perfected but it must be present, and it must be growing. You hear that? Your love might not be perfected, but it must be present, and it must be growing. Unfortunately, if West Palm Beach is the number 11th churchless city in America with all the mega churches in this area, somebody is failing. That tells me a bunch of believers are, are, are still infants drinking on milk. It's time that the Christian believers stop looking at what we do not have in common with our brother and quit warring against one another. We must hold fast to what we have in common, as I said earlier. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. The Christian church is divided on issues that mean absolutely nothing concerning their salvation. This is what makes us brothers. Christ. Christ. that He came. He died. He buried. He was risen the third day because the scriptures tell about it. You can even go back to Genesis 3.15 and find Jesus there. All through the scriptures, and I have studies on it. You know, all through the scriptures, every book of the Bible, 600, or 66 book of the Bible, you know, Jesus is in every book, practically in every chapter. That makes us brothers, Jesus Christ, him crucified, dead, buried, and risen, and we believe it. The Apostle Paul put it quite clearly there. Here's what, if someone says I love God and hates his brother, the Bible says right here that he's a liar, and there, and for he does not know love. This is one of the most detrimental reasons as to why the church is losing its power. I'd like to say because the presence, the power and presence of the Holy Spirit isn't there, but there's several, that's one of them, but here, here it is, it's... It's because because they don't believe this, that they don't really love their brother. They're divided on non-essential issues. The point is that one of us is wrong. It's pride, as I mentioned before. Fighting amongst ourselves actually weakens the army. Didn't Jesus say a kingdom divided against itself does not stand? Does it, a house divided against itself does not stand? Does that mean an army divided itself against itself did not stand? You know what? When you study Ezekiel 37, you know, the Valley of Dry Bones, you know, there was all dead warriors there. Do you realize that there were warriors on both sides of the fence? There may have been. Some of those soldiers were were maybe Samaritans, and the other soldiers were Israelites. But when they were risen with the breath of God, which is the Holy Spirit, they were on the same team, weren't they? They were now one in in God who blew the Holy Spirit into them. So the arm of the church is so weak. You know, a lot of churches probably wouldn't want to listen to this message, but they need to listen to it. And they just need to start loving their brother. Not even if he's a Presbyterian, who cares? Does he believe in Christ? That's it. <coughs> this division weakens the church. Armies have different divisions, and they're all important. I was a radio operator. It was very important. You know, we had we had. Tanks and bulldozers, and that was very important. And we had the motor pole sergeant who kept the motor pole running. It's necessary. And I believe every denomination is necessary. God uses, even if the devil did all the division, God will use it for his glory schools different they have different uh, classes there's music classes there's there's uh you know there's uh history classes and art classes and english classes and literature classes but it's still one school isn't it the church too has different units everyone verse 7 again everyone who loves is born of god in other words, true love is true love. Shows that you are truly born again of God. Let me read you Spurgeon's commentary here on three. Let's see. Yeah, three sixteen. Here's the commentary. He's going from verse sixteen on. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. True love is not satisfied with expression, expressing itself in words. Love must express itself in deeds. Love delights in sacrifice. Love rejoices in self-denials. The more costly the sacrifice, the better is love pleased to make it. Christ's love is best seen in laying down his life there were no no claims on him that on him on the part of those for whom he died i can understand a motherly dying a mother dying for her children i can see some reason for a noble citizen would die for his city but the son of god had no relationship to us until he chose to assume one one out of an infinite out of his infinite compassion there was no more relation between him and us than between the potter and the clay if the clay on the potter's wheel is misshapen what does the potter do but discard the clay so might the great creator have done with us, yet with no claims on himself, his own free will, he yielded to death of an amazing love for us. This is pretty deep. You have to ponder that and meditate on it for a while. Here's verse 8, verse the first part. The only... The one who does not love does not know God. And again, gnosko, that's love by experience. We true believers have experienced true love. When you've accepted Christ, you've experienced true agape love. And now you, can, you, you have something to work with. If you didn't know it before, you couldn't work with it. You know, somebody said uh, on Sunday in a men's group, uh, the truth will set you free. And somebody kind of like said, there's a deeper thought to that. The truth you know will set you free. If you don't know it, then how's it gonna set you free? You have to know the word of God to use the word of God. And I mentioned, you know, how about this there's this robber, okay? He took an eighteen forty-three Colt forty-five pistol, the same Colt forty-five that that Jesse James and Annie Oakley and and uh, and um, you know, all the other famous uh, gunfighters had an On 1843 Colt 45. He went into a bank with that weapon and robbed the bank of six, thousand dollars, ended up in jail for six years, and the pistol he used was worth 24two thousand dollars. The truth that you know will set you free. Not the, Well, the truth, that's the scripture verse. But if you read deeper into that scripture, you're going to find out it's the truth you know that sets you free. You have to know the word of God. That's why God says, you know, to, to know the word of God. To study, show yourself approved unto God. As a workman who needs not to be ashamed. Handling accurately the word of truth. The truth you know. He didn't know it. He didn't know that pistol was worth $242,000. He might have sold it for $200,000, which is way more than spending six years in jail and and robbing a bank of $6,000 that he never even got to use. You have to know it. You have to know it. So do not love in word and tongue, church. Love with deed and truth. The second part of John 4, 1 John 4, 8, is God is love. That tells you right there that God is the source of agape love. And if you don't have God of the Bible in Christ Jesus, having the Holy Spirit in your heart, then you do not have love. And love, by the way, describes the character in the heart of God. One of the first verses, again, that I memorized, Lamentations 3, 22, 23. The Lord's loving kindnesses, they indeed never cease. They are new every morning, and great is His faithfulness to us. His loving kindness. That is God's nature. God is love. and you know, there a lot of people go around. You know, I read a book. I didn't read the book. I, I was appalled by the by the, the title. It says, the there's a pastor that wrote, the, the book's title was, The Day God Gave Me Cancer. And I'm thinking, like, what God gave you that? God's good. He doesn't give it. He uses bad and turns it into good, as we learned in, in Genesis chapter 49, when Joseph said to his brothers, you did it for evil, but God turned it into the good to save nations. But please note that love is not everything about God. Because you can't go around and say, I'm going to heaven because God is love. No, you have to know everything about God. You just can't know that he's love. He's also righteous. He's also holy. He's also faithful. He's also true. He's also loving. But here are the three that describe his his three great definitions of God is he is light, he is life, and he is love. Light, life. He's light, because in him there is no darkness. He is eternal life. And he is agape love. Everything God is is expressed in his love. He's spirit. He's an all-consuming fire. He's eternal. He's sovereign. He's holy. He's just. He's good. He's gracious. He's faithful. He's true, and a number of other things. You know what? I'm going to have to end it here. My time's up and only on page four of this study out of 18 pages. So we'll continue next year on this subject. And I'll stop it right there. But listen, when I wrote this up, I figured I'll I'll probably be done early. See how God does things? It's amazing. I love it when he's involved with me. And you know what? I was tempted to go to 1 John chapter 1 and start there. But he confirmed it. Stay in chapter 4. And that's what I did here tonight. And we just started the 7th verse, and we only got to the 8th verse. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, your word so beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we love you. And since your word's so beautiful, since Jesus is the word, we see the beauty of Christ in our lives and in the word of God that we study. Father, tonight, we thank you. Father, again, the Christmas season is coming up. I pray, Lord God, that people flock into this church on Sunday, the 26th, for our Christmas service, Lord. I pray that they flock in here so they can hear the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified, dead, and buried. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we go, Lord, I want to pray for my brother Bob Muller, Derek, and Rosemary, Lord, who are, are suffering with fighting for more breath. Lord, we give them over to you. Touch them where they are right now, all in the same home. Lord, we bind back evil forces of wickedness, and we loose your Holy Spirit and your peace all over that house. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you, everyone out there. I love you all. Tune in Sunday at 10 a.m. God bless.